Greetings, everyone. Um, this is Johnny. And... <laughs> I always laugh. I'm sorry when you say this is Johnny. I've only Johnny. said it three times, you know. It's like in case you thought it was somebody else. <clears throat> I didn't start out with the here's Johnny thing anyway. So, um... <laughs> We know yeah. your voice, baby. Are you sure? Uh-huh. All right, that's good. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to this time together again and see what God is doing and saying. And yes. I have a couple things on, on my heart to share with it as we go into our communion time. And um, it ties with, a, it was just really it was a vision not that long ago, an hour uh, two ago, and um, I saw, and it's, it's kind of easy to see this, and um, it almost feels like it's a picture I've seen somewhere, um, and it's a, but there's something timely about it, but I saw a picture, it was just a huge incoming wave, it was really big, and the crest of the wave was written the words, Justice. Come on. And and I began just as soon as it hit me, I was like, we need this. We need this. And um I was led to um just immediately my thoughts, even as I was seeing the the, the vision were led to Isaiah uh, twenty-six. And I'll read a there's a total of two verses I think we want to look at in Isaiah twenty-six. I think it's relevant towards communion, the blood of Jesus, what he comes to do. You know, we, we sometimes we have an ambivalent uh, processing as it re- relates to, to justice. And so many people have said, well, I don't want justice, I want, I want mercy. And it's when we don't really understand justice, we say things like that. And... You know, the fact that we have a daughter named Justice Hope, we experience, walk through something uh, very personal and painful. Um, uh, Elizabeth and I did years ago, was at the time Elizabeth was pregnant with Justice, and there was, it was such a need, a spiritual need. There, there was not, you know, there was not wishing somebody was dead. It was just being so aware that something needed to be corrected from above that the God of justice, remember, it's one of the foundations of his throne, so it's no minor thing. Mm-hmm. And, but as it relates for us right now, the Isaiah 26 um, scripture is verse 9, the second part. 9 and 10. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Let grace be shown to the wicked, yet he will not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness, he will deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. Lord, when your hand is lifted up like uh, that's going to the next verse. I, I can, I'm going to stop there. It's good enough. With For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. 
The scripture used to trouble me. Isaiah 26 used to trouble me, but I felt like I got really good perspective from the Lord. Because even as I was immediately after seeing the vision, drawn to remembering when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the Lord will learn righteousness. My, the immediate next picture was a court scene. And a court scene when a verdict is being read, which is a judgment. You know, that's what a judgment um, doesn't really mean the sentence, or well, it's tied into the sentence. It's not the landing of the sentence. It's it's the the legal declaration of of now what's going to follow. Again, the decree follows, and then you go to prison, and then you know the sentence, uh, the fulfillment of the sentence ensues. But anyway, I've seen a court uh, a court side case, and like many of us would see. And there's a moment the verdict's going to be read, and there's two sides of the court. On one side is the side hoping for justice for their case and their cause, and on the other side is the one that's either been wrongly accused or has been rightly accused and then hoping to get away with it again. And, and immediately upon a, sent, a, a justice decree from a judge... You know, tied into, they can, there's some cases they can do it themselves, but tied into the jurors coming in, you know, we find the defendant guilty. And then you go to this case and you see on the side of those who've been seeking justice, there will just be tears and, ah, you know, there's this emotional outlay that takes place. Mm -hmm. And then on the side that was hoping to get away with it, there's sudden, there's a whole, uh, deers in the headlight look and and a processing you can see is okay um, i've been i've been caught and and um it, it, you know it, many of them who carried smugness the whole time all of a sudden the smugness is gone but anyway the point is on a judgment allows for two reactions to take place and one is celebratory and the other one is, you know, some level of uh, devastation, you could call it. And so I don't agree with those that would say we need judgments on the earth. And that's why I couldn't see is these things like random earthquakes, random, um, you know, um, storms that kill. I say random or it's not very specific. I don't believe this is what the Lord is talking about when his those type of judgments when you have something that strikes uh, good and bad equally, I don't think citizens of the earth learn anything from that. I don't think you can apply this to inhabitants of the world learning righteousness. I don't think they learn righteousness when there's just some tsunami in the natural or a devastation where good, bad uh, abusers, those abused, would everybody, uh, it pays the same price. You know, you can imagine, um, even in a court setting, if everybody suffers if well, you know, if the if the defendant is found guilty, y'all go to jail. That would not be righteousness. There's nothing to learn from that, and so there is the court case literally assists and helps a learning of righteousness because there is supposed to be a proper fear of the Lord for those who have engaged in whatever's been engaged by the wrongdoer, the trespasser, gets pointed out. So out of that. There is a learning of righteousness and a, we'll say, fear, fear of the Lord, fear of justice coming to them, and it's proper. So we want to think of justice as something that's not just 
uh, comeuppance for a wrongdoer. It really is something that it releases hope and joy. You know, it's the scripture speaks of hope deferred makes the heart sick. And, 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 and you can have a heart of justice where it's not really, it, it means you have harbor unforgiveness. You can have a heart for justice because you understand that a certain practice by an individual organization must be stopped. And you're willing to put your, you might have already forgiven them and moved on, but we have people that will go and go into court case. They'll be very bright. We know this, um, these matters with different ones in Harvey Weinstein cases. They didn't really want to, they had to be called out. They had to be, you know, the other victims say, come on, you can't leave me alone on this. And they didn't really want to process it again. They didn't have in them, they didn't have a need for themselves to see Harvey Weinstein, um, uh, you know, dealt, pay for, it. pay for it for their own sake. I mean, they would have liked it most likely, but it was, you have to, we have to stop him. And this has to be stopped. And so there is a part of justice. There's a celebration because you know you have stopped a wrongdoer, not just because it's an outlet for your hatred. So we want to properly know how to process justice. And then finally... Can I interject something right there without you forgetting where you're going? Um, yeah. Just very quickly, I, I just think it's part of the knowledge of God. It's, yes. it's part of the knowledge of God filling the earth. It's It's... Him, it's evidence that he cares enough to correct exactly and to be involved no and and it is part of who he is and there is there's something I think everyone has lived through God why aren't you doing something about that it literally does make the heart sick when you feel like he's not doing something about something and sometimes we don't understand you know we're telling him why aren't you doing something about something he's like why aren't you doing something about it you know, I get active when you do, and and um, and depending on what situation we're talking about, that becomes relevant. But that conversation, I think we can all identify with the thing, not just an outlet for hatred and unforgiveness. Yeah, that's never the point. And um, uh, but there is uh, a need for it in another way. In the last verse of Isaiah twenty-six, the, again the chapter that talks about when your judgments are known on the earth, then the inhabitants of the world will, will learn righteousness. For behold, the Lord comes out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth will also disclose her blood and will no more cover her slain. Now, I just believe we're in this time. I believe we are in an Isaiah 26 time. But again, I don't think the Lord is like, it would not teach righteousness for it to be indiscriminate slaying all across the board. I'm like a temper tantrum from heaven. Y'all are so blowing everything that I'm just going to wipe everything and everybody out. That's not what a judge does. A judge renders on behalf of someone, a righteous judge particularly, it's on behalf of someone and against someone. And so there would have to be something, uh, a judge is not just, I'm so sick and tired of you people bringing problems and he just, you know, sentences both sides to something. That's not God. And back to the knowledge of God, the face of God and knowing who he is, as Elizabeth was mentioned, we want to see. I believe there, we're in a time, and I believe why this wave of justice that I saw is so large, a, a huge tsunami, is because the earth is disclosing her blood. And, and many of you and us are no specifics that we've found out recently, and you can imagine at a whole nother level, um, before God, the earth will disclose her blood. This thing of blood, 
Uh, it's still, we're in communion time and the power in the blood. There's an element of the blood is mystery, maybe mystery until, um, you know, either we're revealed in a higher level by the Lord or till we get to heaven. But there's something about the, the blood. We understand that there's the blood of humans will cry out to the Lord and, 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 demand, and demand justice, just blood. And so it, it truly is something powerful to remember communion and to remember uh, the blood of Jesus, the power of the blood of Jesus. But in that blood, that covers all sins. Um, that as, you know, we want to apply, yes, mercy over just, uh, you know, judgment for us personally when we come to the Lord. Please forgive me of this. And he said he is quick. This repeated Old Testament and New Testament. He is quick to forgive. He was declared that to Moses in the Old Testament. He's declared that in the New Testament. He's quick to forgive, but in no ways does he just allow um, injustice to uh, go on forever and ever. There is, for whatever reason, the patience of God, even delaying in a sentence, delaying in manifesting that um, for whatever purposes he has, for the clarity of the lesson to be made um, in a more strong, precise way to society. I, I believe we are in a, in a desperate need for a lesson from God on his heart of justice and his heart of justice. Again, justice is mercy towards the abused, the victims, those who've uh, been, those whose own blood or those around them has been wrongfully shed. And so we are in a desperate need as a world to see we need to agree and see a God of justice. This foundation of his throne is justice. And it does in no way um, erase the mercy and it really further establishes his mercy, uh, as we're saying, his, his mercy towards even those who've been, or especially towards those who've been uh, taken advantage, abused, destroyed, killed in other ways. And so I think this is, uh, this is a lesson uh, the citizens, inhabitants of the world are going to go through uh, right now and we need it. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take the elements and apply it to the body of Christ was bro broken as well. So that is proper justice. The foundation of his throne of justice could be laid on planet Earth. And we take the bread representing that now. Lord, we thank you for, the, again, the reminder of the power that's in your blood. There's mystery in the power of your blood. And as we do this in remembrance of you, we, we do believe that as our faith is joined together, we can say, let what we take now symbolically be as if it were the power of your actual blood for us to bring all the things that your blood brings the power, the healing, the justice, the grace, the mercy upon earth, upon our personal earth inside of us. Let it do wonders, Lord. Let it do wonders. Let it not just be symbolic. And as we connect our faith and as we intentionally look to you in this way, we thank you that this will be the reality of today.
Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Elizabeth? Um, I would love to read over you. Um, it's just one page. And again, it's from our RISE um, handbook and course. And it's God speaking his heart over his sons and daughters, all of us as Redeemer. And, you know, it just seems appropriate when we're honoring him in a specific way this weekend that he gave his life and he rose from the dead to be our Redeemer. And that's what sets... Um, you know, in terms of religion, that's what sets Christianity apart from any other religion other than the obvious. It's, it's the only one true um, truth. But we have a Redeemer. We don't, there's, there's no Buddha to put things in front of. There's no checking off of works that we have to do. There's no, it's, it's simply relationship. It's receiving Him choosing relationship with him with God our Redeemer through Jesus so just uh, close your eyes and let him speak this over your heart today my sons and daughters my heart longs for you to have your security in me and nothing else you don't ever need to work hard to be close to me just believe Believe that I had a plan and that my plan worked. I gave my son Jesus to the earth, to doubt, to ridicule, to be betrayed, beaten, and crucified just for you. I gave him to the earth as the only perfect one to live in righteousness and then be unjustly sentenced to death so that you would never have to live under the reality of your imperfection. Your reality, if you'll believe me, is this. You are righteous because Jesus made you righteous. You are already perfect because Jesus was perfect enough for the both of you. He's more than enough to resolve anything that has or ever will come between you and me. So stop trying to be perfect. I don't need you to be perfect. You have a Redeemer one who paid all that you ever will owe with no strings attached. You choose. Work hard for nothing or believe in your Redeemer, your Savior Jesus, and receive my kingdom for all of eternity. It is my honor to give it to you. Please don't allow the enemy to add anything to the simplicity of the truth of what Jesus did for you. He has for so long, but through you, I say enough. Enough striving, enough living like I'm unreasonable and angry with the world. See my compassion, my kindness, and give it away radically and extravagantly. Know it and live a life of freedom that convinces others of the truth of my heart towards them, the truth of Jesus Refuse to be preoccupied with sin, your sin, their sin. It's irrelevant in the light of my holiness. You will be holy. You will be holy as I am holy, as you look at me, as you do life with me, as we process together. 
I've wired all of you to grow up into me as we have relationship. You can't grow up into holiness apart from me, and neither can anyone else. Just look at me and teach them to do the same. I'm so pleased with even one glimpse from you, from any of my children. I'm not waiting for you to get it together before you turn to me. Turn to me now in every way because I made a way for you through your Redeemer, through your Redeemer alone, nothing more and nothing less. He is your way to draw near without your sin consuming you. I want you near me now, not when you get better or act better. Honor me by living free from guilt and shame. Honor me by speaking and acting in a way that convinces others that they too are free from guilt and shame if and only if they believe and receive my perfect son as their redeemer. Yeah, so you even see just in that this contrast between, you know, what you're saying and talking about, Johnny, about the judgment of God and 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 versus his mercy. You know, he he's both. He's he is our redeemer and he is um he is the one that we will stand before yeah. uh and and be judged and you know, I had a dream. I'm not going to share it right now. And some of you have probably heard me share it before, but it it was so convicting to me of the role that we have to play as reconciliators. Um, that our ministry is to be reconciliators in the earth as Jesus was. And he looks at those that are even partnering with evil right now that have that have been the most deceived. Um, and he can simultaneously feel, you know, the most fair and just anger over the evil that they're partnering with while still having utter, complete compassion on them as one of his sons and daughters who have not chosen him. And I believe that he's, he's taking us, and I, I had heard this in my spirit for the next decade he's really taking us into a season of of growing up in that respect to reflect his image in the earth where we will learn how to have compassion while at the same time calling evil evil yeah and and being able to see you know the victims of both sides just for example if you look at the one issue of of pornography and um, you know, you see women for all kinds of reasons that have chosen to, to go that route and be used in that way. And then you also see men that are enslaved to it because of choices they made. And some of them just from being, you know, young boys were exposed to stuff before they even had, you know, a relationship with God or Holy Spirit to even feel conviction. And so it's just become this prevalent part of our culture and I believe that God looks at that issue and he, he fights just as hard for the hearts of men that are bond, bound in that as he does for um, women that are abused in that. And, and the marriages and the hearts of wives that are affected by pornography, etc. Like he sees it all and he's able to have that, um, 
the capacity to feel it all. You know, and I feel like I'm at times kind of getting a glimpse of that even with some of our own relationships with family members and there our kids are all in different places in their relationships with God and um there's this shallow part of me that just wants to at times just get so like frustrated with their process and want them to just have arrived somewhere. And I feel God just wooing me continually back into this place that is not natural for me. It's literally a place that only Holy Spirit can teach me right now. And it's how to perceive and see them through his eyes and love them right where they're at but put up boundaries where I need to put up boundaries, whether it's for my heart or for, you know, someone else in the family or whatever. And um, he's he's growing us up and he's teaching us, he's, he's growing us up in the knowledge of who he's like so that we can reflect who he's like in the earth. And it's awkward and it's difficult and it's easier to fall on one side or the other. It's easier to say, well, I'm just somebody who just has squishy love all the time, you know. And I just, you know, totally accept anyone, everyone just right where they are and no thought of anything else. And then others, we tend to want to fall on the side of, of more legalism and religion and that says, you know, everybody better hurry up and behave because we're just making God angry and he's going to just judge the whole earth because of all you screw-ups. <laughs> so everybody, you know, either behave or get out of the way because the rest of us want to do this God's way and... You know, that's neither side is is an accurate reflection of, of our father. And he he doesn't invite us into land that he's not prepared to give us the the grace and the strength to maintain that land, to to keep to hold that ground. And so I feel him inviting us into new land where we we learn both the kindness and the severity of God and we love and embrace both and we learn how to have language and hearts that reflect that. Um, I'll just share this one last little thing, just tattletailing on myself. I remember years ago when one of our daughters um, was, I I honestly don't remember what she was doing. I know she did not deserve the uh, rage that she was encountering in me. Um, and I was in a season where I had so much rage, it was all coming to a head just for different reasons. And um, I, I felt so loved and seen by God in the most strangest of ways because I, I was so angry with her that I, I stepped towards her to grab her shoulders because I just wanted to just grab her shoulders. <laughs> I don't know that I was going to hurt her or do anything at that point, but it obviously was a, a horrible parent move to, to go after your child in anger like that and to grab her shoulders. And as I stepped to do that, um, I stepped on my foot sideways and I twisted my ankle. And I just crumpled to the floor because I was in so much pain. And um, at, while I'm just sitting on the floor crying because it hurt so bad, I'm, I'm so relieved because I, I'm just amazed at the way that God stepped in and he loved her enough to step in, but he also loved me enough to correct me in that moment. I'm not saying he twisted my ankle, but you know, I don't know. It felt like he did. (laughs) It felt like he intervened in a, in a way that, that was really important in that moment. And I, 
I will also say that he supernaturally healed my ankle within like 24 hours. It was it was very miraculous how he healed it. But I it 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 did something to my heart even related to that issue of rage. It allowed me to see it for what it was and get healing so that it didn't continue to surface, but it also it made me feel like I was loved because I was chastised by my father. So, anyway. Oh, that's good. That is good. Well, tomorrow is Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, better said. Yes. And we're believing, and I'm believing for something major with all this, what's taking place in the world scene. You know, honestly, we need an intervention from God. We need a resurrection that ultimately connects to our economy, the world's economy. Yeah. Neither our economy nor the world economy really can experience a shutdown of 30 days. That's what I believe, another 30 days. And, yeah, I know some are already announcing that it, it's staying shut down. I don't believe um, that's, that's a model that's sustainable and um, economically and that the damage of, of businesses no longer able to, you know, it's not just that you can pick back up where you were. There's literally... It's the end of so many businesses, and and I think we have like 16, 17 million jobs lost. In, it's just in America, and and even with you know these amazing recovery package recoveries, there's a concern. Okay, what where's that? Um, where's the debt to all that going? I actually think that part's going to be okay. I won't go into it now, but um, I just I feel like we are in so need of a resurrection right now we simultaneously need the justice wave of god mm -hmm. and we need the resurrection wave for our economy we need it from so much more than that but it really is um in, in a very uh, real and practical way a need that we have and and we know if there is a a a clear-cut uh, solution to to the COVID-19, whether we're in his resurrection power, it just collapsed, that somehow it needs to collapse this Passover, this Easter season, this resurrection season. The COVID-19 needs to be collapsed to the ground through the resurrection power of Jesus. Amen. And that's what we're believing for. We'll pray into it more perhaps tomorrow. But thank you again for being with us. We love all of you. And... Um, we look forward to connecting with those. You can do so tomorrow as well. Awesome. See you all tomorrow.